the illusion of complexity. We have our three original members and we even have a guest in the house tonight. But who you have to stay through at least the intro before this shit show gets underway. Boys, hit it. to win ugly winning ugly gets you to this point takes the snap on third down rogers waits throws right side got a man wide open touchdown and it's robert tanyan again aaron Rodgers with his fourth touchdown of the game it's going to be a good week for the green bay packers getting a chance to move on one more to go we'll talk to you next week And we'll talk to you this week as we are here now. This is episode number seven, I think now of the, I don't know, I can't count that high, of the illusion of complexity. I'm your host. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I'm live in the Game On Wisconsin studios. And right below me here, as his name would say, I am Zach. So not an actual dog, which is a good clarification to know. And I have to check every so often just to make sure. But Zach Jacobson is here. Zach, how are we doing? I'm good, man. As far as the not an actual dog thing, my ex-wife would agree. Am I right? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> or, or no, she would not agree. She would not agree. Something. Yeah. You know what? If she's your ex-wife. I would think she wouldn't agree. <laughs> yeah, I flopped that. Just just move on. Get, just get away from me. That's okay. It's a bit of a rough joke. And then next we go to a lady who needs no introduction, of course. The only reason I imagine that any of you are listening to this show, Queen Aaron Alice. Aaron, I try to come up with something really good like that every single week. Uh, the heartbreaking queen, of course. Aaron, how are we? Doing really well. I'm doing, haven't broken any hearts this week, but you know, it's only Wednesday. So I mean, mine on a daily basis, but that's fine. Um, you, know. <laughs> you don't count. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that I count, but that's that's fine. You know, we'll just say that I don't. And we have our first guest from Game On Wisconsin because we have had a guest in the past, and that, of course, was the Llama. And he was a good sport, uh, but we are here not to talk about the Bears. We're here to talk about the Packers. So we wanted to bring in somebody from the Detroit, Michigan area, which you'll have to correct me if you don't actually live in Detroit. But our first guest of Lombardi's Bar, Daniel Kotnick. Dan, thank you for showing up sober. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, it. someone's got to keep like reins on the Lombardi's bar crew. So Jimmy isn't going to be the person and Todd is clearly not the person. So I, I have to usually be the DD for the show. And yes, I do live. I live smack dab in the middle of downtown Detroit. So I am I am in the thick of I am in the trenches, man. Like call me Owen Wilson. I am behind enemy lines. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and that's why we brought him here, guys. He is the king of references of movies television shows and a cornucopia of useless crap like that <laughs> yeah and it's and it's great and the story that i want to tell and i've told this on twitter before but how dan and game on wisconsin came to be was we had an opening on one of our shows and i said hey i've got this we've got this idea and the setting is essentially in a bar and we need somebody to be a bartender and his response was basically so you need somebody to make an ass of themselves on a weekly basis shit i'm in so we were going to put that on Dan's uh, tombstone and he's done a great job as our bartender and babysitting Todd and Jimmy is certainly a full-time job. So kudos to you for doing that every single week. And now you're going to have to babysit the three of us because we're known to get off the rails, uh, but maybe you'll fit right in because Lombardi's bar, those of you that haven't seen that 
first of all, what the hell are you doing on your Wednesday nights? If you're not Seriously. watching that, it's every Wednesday, seven 30, Dan Kotnick, Jimmy Christensen, Todd Varney. Sometimes you get announcements like Jimmy's having a baby. Uh, although technically he told me that first, which I'm only saying to rub in Todd Varney's face. And sometimes you get some really good analysis about the Packers, but some really cool beer bets and drunk tweets. And very, it's a lot of fun. Occasional, very occasional Packer talk. Very <laughs> occasional is a good way to put it. Yeah. From an entertainment value, I can promise you, take it from my personal promise, you guys will always be entertained if that is the case. And speaking of being entertained, Sunday, guys, was pretty entertaining. The Packers defeat the Philadelphia Eagles 30-16, to 16, a game that personally I don't feel the final score really reflects how that game was going. I kind of feel like the Packers stopped playing for a little bit, but they, you know it was 23-3 to three at one point. And then, of course, you blink and it's 23 to 16. A fourth and 18 turns into a touchdown, a stupid punt return for a touchdown, which I guess I shouldn't call those things stupid or fluky because it seems to be happening against the Packers quite a bit. But the thing I'm most encouraged by is the defense because the Packers defense, really, they only gave up 10 points and one of them on kind of a fluky play a fourth and 18 where they're two of their best players in the secondary just kind of made a bad play about everything. 28 pressures, seven sacks. Although as Aaron Rodgers calls them, I think they had like three Elvis sacks, which was like Jalen hurts running out of bounds before getting back to the line of scrimmage, but whatever we'll take them. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, each all had a sack, which was incredible. Dean Lowry had five pressures. That's probably not something you're going to get every week, but if the Packers pass rush is going to be that way, and their pass coverage is going to be that way. I was encouraged to see that they played man-to-man over 50% of the time with their cornerbacks. I think that makes sense for them to play that way. I'm encouraged most by their defense because this is something – the Packers' offense is elite. They're number one in points per game at home. They're number one in points per game on the road. They don't need to be an elite defense to win a Super Bowl. They need to be good enough, like the Kansas City Chiefs' defense was last year. Can the Kansas City Chiefs' defense make enough plays to win them a championship and give Pat enough possessions – to score touchdowns last year. They did do that. It's the same thing this year, except change Pat and Kansas city chiefs to Aaron Rodgers and green Bay Packers. So Zach real quick. Cause like I said, this, this show is more about a, well, this show is actually more three idiots and one lady talking nonsense is the way that <laughs> it normally goes, but we're supposed to be looking ahead, but we'll look back a little bit. What was your biggest surprise takeaway from the Eagles game? For All me, right, we're cutting Zach off because I don't care. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Jacob, sometimes at night when I go to sleep, I fall asleep so fast because I know I'm going to have dreams, and in those dreams, you die. <laughs> and by sometimes, you mean like every night? Every single night, yeah. So, uh, Jake, you're the man of his dreams, I guess. <laughs> you could say Let's, that, yeah. I can, I can say this. You are not the first person, man or woman, to say that to me so yeah sorry i know jimmy is probably gonna hear this and probably get pretty jealous i know i'm I'm sorry i mean steal you away but anyways biggest takeaway (laughs) for me i think was i mean you said it, it was it was really it's the defense it's the pass rush specifically i mean they had seven sacks i know that was sacks blah 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 but you still gotta impact the play and you gotta be able to force the quarterback out of bounds and you know kind of close in on him in a hurry to, to be able to do that seven sacks on Sunday, 10 in the last two games. 
Rashawn Gary's been showing out the last few weeks. Kingsley Kiki, apparently finishing the game with one sack isn't good enough because it's his second two-sack game this season. He had two uh, against New Orleans earlier this year. Lombardi's bar bump. (laughs) Yeah, Lombardi's bar bump. There you go. I got you, Dan. Uh, Don't I do. Yeah, but who's even going to bring that up? Who said it? You brought up Kingsley Kiki. I brought up the Lombardi's bar bump. Those words came out of my mouth, though. Oh, I kind of stopped listening when you start talking. <laughs> God. Just in general. Go this on, Port Stash. I have you muted on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> anyway, Again, par for the course. Pass rush. I mean, as Kiki even said, they're amping it up at the right time now in December and, you know, going towards playoff time. This is right about the time to do it. You know, they've been stagnant for most of the year. Preston Smith finally showed up again in that game in Houston and they. They've strung together back-to-back really good performances. Granted, they were going against Mitch Trubisky, and this week they went against Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts and a really, really shaky offensive line that's going through another another um, uh, starting five change. So, yeah, you need to take every variable into account. But at the same time, if you're going to be a good pass rush, you got to be able to dominate those types of performances. you got to be able to take advantage of those types of matchups. So if the Packers struggled against the <laughs> offensive line that the Eagles rolled out on Sunday, then I think... It, 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 you'd be right to be a little bit concerned, but they didn't. They had a really good day. And they've played some bad fronts this season and not dominated. Minnesota week one is a really good example of that. Detroit week two, honestly, is a really good example of that. Their pass rush is starting to ramp up at the right time. As far as Mitchell Trubisky goes, I would ask you to put some respect on his name. He was drafted in front of Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, clearly the Bears saw something in this young gentleman. And God bless the. Don't tell me what to do, Jacob. Well, I mean, God bless the Chicago Bears, a gift that never ceases to give. Uh, I love them, and I sincerely hope that the next gift, all I want for Christmas is a contract extension for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And speaking of Matt Nagy, uh, Aaron, you put together an incredible, uh, well, I don't know if you did it or if Time Magazine did it. I, I really can't tell if it was you or Time Magazine because your Photoshop skills are always incredible, just like those Jersey ones. Um, which, by the way, did you happen to know that um, Jordan Love wears number 10, so you can't Photoshop Tavon Austin? Oh into <laughs> did you know that? So many people don't know how to take a joke. It wasn't that serious. It looked like a child drew it. It was supposed to look that way. And Love is number 10. Bah, bah, bah. Did they do that when you Photoshopped Allen Robinson in a number 12 jersey? I think that one I changed because oh. I like because I, I guess Duh. I was. Yeah, because that one was a little more obvious. Um, but this one I did in like 30 seconds. So half the people complaining about it probably hate Aaron. Stop it. (laughs) Sorry. What did you say Zach? (laughs) Nothing. She's laughing because she said I did it in 30 seconds and all three of us looked at her like, Oh my God, she just said that. Hmm. Shame on you. Nonetheless, you put together for Time Magazine, Person of the Year, apparently, is going to be announced tomorrow as Matt Nagy. So that was yes, interesting. I, I can't reveal my sources because that's not a good way to do journalism. No, but <laughs> what it, after it was finding that cover, out. So, standards around here. Yeah. Sure. So as the most connected person with this podcast, I wanted to know what you thought of, of Sunday's game. And maybe aside from the defense, what your takeaway was uh, from everything. Uh, well, it was really great to see the offense, um, really 
just look really good. Cause especially I got real, really nervous after their first drive because it was a lot of, it looked very sloppy. I mean, you talk about that fumble, you know, the fumble um, from Aaron Jones that he recovered, but then there was a sack right after that. And it was like, Oh no, this is like just unraveling before we can even get started. Cause it made me think I had flashbacks to the 49ers game last year when our offense just could not, it, just a lot of sloppiness, but you know, give them credit. They came back and just completely dominated. They looked, the offense looked in control the entire game. I thought it was a really well-called game. A couple, you know, the last couple of drives that were a little questionable, but thankfully, um, you know, that Aaron Jones run was amazing and shout out to Bach for huffing it down to be in the end zone, um, blocking as uh, Aaron Jones ran for 77 yards. So, yeah, I think just all around the offense looked fantastic. Um, and the special teams are going to make me want to rip my hair out. So, but that's nothing new. That's all of us. And that's why I like the the Todd Varney of Lombardi Bar suggestion of let's just never punt. And I enjoy the idea of never having to punt, um, which is a perfect segue into Dan Kotnick because Dan can now make fun of the Michigan Wolverines. Because as a Michigan fan, I am kind of, I still have PTSD when it comes to punting in general. For oh, obvious, trouble with the snap. That would that would be why. Yes, correct. So I was going to uh, lead you into maybe a few different things, but much like JT Barrett, I'm just going to come up a little bit short. So you go ahead and come on in. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jacob, like I said, I trust nobody better to spot. Listen, I will kick you out of this show. Like, don't think I won't. Wilford, Wilford, the Wilford Brimley crew on the sidelines with the chains <laughs> to, to mark the ball accurately more accurately than any of the technology we have now. So that's all I have to say about, about that. So it's still incredible to me. JT Barrett jokes aside, like, yeah, we could have anything ever. And we're still, you like, who was it? A few years ago, Gene Steratore was using a fucking index card to measure the ball here. And I watch soccer and they can literally go down and they can measure by the centimeter. If the ball had fully crossed the, the line, the goal line or not. And like, you're telling me that the, one of the biggest richest corporations in the history of America can't figure out something like we just figured out how to get a vaccine done in eight months. We can figure out this next pressing issue of properly spotting. Balls. I think that's next on soon to be president Biden's to-do list. I thought it was COVID vaccine. And then it was healthcare, figure out <laughs> spotting balls and, the NFL. I, th I thought that was it, but I, I think that I was could the be slogan, wrong. His campaign slogan, actually. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I got to admit, I didn't pay much attention to campaign slogans and such, but I mean, I, that may very well be. So Aaron would know she's friends with time magazine for God's sake. Right. My sources. So Dan Eagles game after all that, the thing that stuck out to me uh, out of, uh, out of the thing, the things that you guys haven't mentioned already, because I think those are the biggest things is the defense playing all that man. That was, it was crazy to see. I was really bummed because I had a meme specifically waiting in the chamber for the first time that I saw like a, a 15 yard cushion on a third and two. And it, and it really never came about, or at least I didn't notice it. Um, but it, it was the thing that kind of like stuck out to me was like right off the bat, like, Oh, Rick Wagner's starting a right tackle. And like, and John Runyon isn't in here. And I was like, you know, it's not like a huge thing, but it, it was like all of us uh, have been like watching the last couple of weeks. I mean, even go back to San Francisco, I think was the first time that we saw Runyon. Like he he's one of the surprise 
uh, like standouts from the draft for me was how he's played and how he's like kind of been one of the key pieces in this offense being as successful as they are. And it was just kind of like the, it was interesting to see like now that Corey Lindsley is officially going to miss time, everyone kind of assumed that we would see that, that lineup that we had been seeing of, of Bach, Runyon, uh, Jenkins, Patrick and Turner. And then uh, to see Rick Wagner kind of come out, it was kind of like, like, uh, like I forgot Rick Wagner was still, was still hanging around here. So uh, it's not that huge, but yeah, just kind of, I guess like that looks to be the, the offensive line for the foreseeable future until, uh, you know, Corey Lindsley's uh, back and healthy knock on wood. But yeah, that was the one thing that stuck out to me. Yeah. And it's one of those things that after they, so Domovsky announced that during the pre-snap on Sunday, and it was one of those things that was kind of like, oh yeah, duh. Doesn't that make perfect sense? that that's what they're going to do. I mean, I thought maybe Wagner might play guard or, you know, maybe after they said that, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Now putting Runyon in during the course of the game makes sense because you don't want to play musical chairs with your offensive line through the course of the game. If you don't have to, this way you allow that front five to practice together all week. So I think it's the right move to let the veteran play, especially down the stretch here and not overwhelm the rookie, especially like, Hey, Rook, your first start is against Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Good luck, kid. Like have at it, whatever you need to do. But to John Runyon's credit, whenever he's had to play in spot duty, he's done really well, but this is why you signed Rick Wagner, right? This was why they gave him some of the money that they did and were able to do that. But the Packers do not play the Eagles this week. They are nine and three now, and they are looking ahead now to the Detroit lions and in a stadium that I mentioned this on the pack a day podcast and the Packers have not played well in the stadium since they finished running the table in 2016. That's the last time they played well in Detroit. Uh, they won that night 31 to 20. Well, it was 31, 23. It was actually 31 to 17 for quite a while. Uh, but the Packers, ultimately end up finishing the job there, winning the division. One of my favorite pictures uh, of Aaron Rodgers surfaces from that game, him with his division champs hat slumped in his locker with this like Vikings fans call it a shit eating grin on his face. And that's what I'm going to call it. I love it. And you know, they finished that job and then they were one game away from the Super Bowl that year. Since then, Brett Hundley starts, they get the doors blown off of them the next year. Uh, Mason Crosby misses about a hundred field goals and they lose in Detroit that year. Last year they win, but they don't play well at all. And honestly, lion's ineptitude was really a byproduct, more of a product of the Packers winning that game than anything. The Packers did. It was just arguably the worst game. The Packers played all season in a game that they won. Cause obviously the games they lost, there were some real clunkers in there too. This year, the Packers have a chance to win the division. And if they win and Minnesota loses to Tampa Bay and listen, Thomas Edward Brady Jr. I know you're listening to this show because we're friends and we never have been because I've said so many mean things about you in the past. Like you're the fraudulent goat and that you're a cis Tom quarterback and you're a snake oil salesman with some bullshit diet and all this other crap and that you left your pregnant wife for a supermodel and nobody talks about that and that you sneak an alleged rapist into your house to live with your kids and how that's kind of ridiculous. You listen to me, Tom, I will take back one third of the mean things I've said about you. And that's a lot. If you win this game this weekend and allow the Packers to finish off this division right now. So Tommy, get it done, my friend. And not just what, inflict pain i want blood 
in that game. Yeah, because I don't really want the Viking fan. Like the Viking fans are getting their hopes up that they can actually make the playoffs, which is ridiculous because right. like the Cardinals and the uh, Seahawks and some of these teams like towards the, the Bucks, even to some degree are coming. Like this is a big game for Tampa Bay too. Like Tampa Bay starting to mm-hmm. come back to the back. And if Minnesota beats them, Tampa Bay is going to be tied in the loss column, I believe. They may be one game ahead. I don't know their record off the top of my head, but they, they're like they're right seven there. and five. Okay, then they'll be tied in the loss column with Tampa Bay if that is, in fact, their record. Time Magazine uh, with the quote there. So thank you, Aaron. <laughs> um, I want pain as well. And I think Tampa is better than Minnesota. I actually think Minnesota sucks. Like their offense should be better than it is, but it's not. And I think their defense isn't very good. Kudos to Mike Zimmer for getting this team turned around because they certainly deserve credit for that. That's not the point. But Tommy, do your thing. Antonio Brown, I still have nothing nice to say about you. You're human garbage and a piece of shit. And I'm so glad the Packers <laughs> didn't find you. Thank you. Packers and Lions. To me, I, the Packers are number one in the NFL in scoring offense. Detroit is number 31 in the NFL in scoring defense. To me, this is simple. If Green Bay shows up and plays anything that resembles their best game, they win this game by double digits. But as we've seen in the past, Green Bay is prone to a couple of clunkers. Now they've been able to play clunkers and still win. See Jacksonville and a few other games, obviously where they haven't brought quote unquote, the juice, which is the phrase that apparently is going to define this season. Green Bay needs to bring that. I think Devonte Adams made some joke today in his press conference that they have some sleepy air conditioner at Ford field. Cause the Packers have just kind of played poorly and played catch up from there. But to me, again, like I said, this game's simple. I don't picture the lions getting some bump from playing from their, for their interim coach. They should have lost last week to Chicago. If Mitchell Trubisky can hold on to the ball, then they do. And they didn't. And Matthew Stafford to me is going to be one of those dudes that we're going to look at. And the analytics community and the stats community is going to, are going to look at his numbers and say, he should be in the hall of fame. And he's not even close. Uh, Matt Stafford in terms of if there is a little mistake that turns into a big deal to be made, Matthew Stafford is going to make it. And in terms of intangibles, he has none, like none of them. And people say like, Oh, he deserves to play for a different franchise. Really good to great wins is not a quarterback set, but really good to great quarterbacks play better and they win more games. Those teams win more games because of that quarterback and the lions haven't. And some of that is because of him. And there were examples that I brought up the first time these two teams played when that happened. I don't want to rehash those because we're running on a budget here with, with four people to talk instead of three. And as dance partners like to point out, I can talk for 10 minutes at a time to make a point at the weakness. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm sorry, but that's my thought. That's my point. Green Bay just frankly don't treat it as a, a light opponent show up. You you'll know we'll, we'll know by then whether green Bay is playing for a hat and a t-shirt or if they're going to have to wait another week, but show up and get ready to win. Like the green Bay's best game of the season last year was when they played for a hat and a t-shirt was against Minnesota. So show up, play that way, dominate from the start and give a lions team that really is looking for reasons to quit. No hope. So time magazine, Aaron, what are, what are your people saying about this game? Uh, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be like a huge blowout where we feel like we're, you know, I mean, what was the last game? 42 to 21. I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout. Um, just because of the history there for whatever reason, this team has struggled outside of earlier this season to play the lions. And, uh, they've got Deandre Swift back, which 
obviously the run game is just something that terrifies me uh, and with our defense. So I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I, th I think it'll be a blowout by the fourth quarter, but I don't think it's going to be like, we know by halftime that we're winning. It's not, I think it'll be like, we'll win by maybe 10 to 12, something along those lines. Okay. And let's go to the, the home field here. What, I mean, what are your thoughts going into initially on this game, Mr. Kotnick? Uh, my initial thoughts are screw Matt Stafford and screw Kelly Stafford because they both suck hard. <laughs> um, Kelly, Kelly Stafford, especially uh, go check out some of her Instagram work and, and just, and see how much she really enjoys uh, rocking the boat here in Detroit. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure like she's the most hated person on the Lions from, from Lions fans. Um like they never, they never really complain too much about a lot of the players. It's the head coach, the GM, and Kelly Stafford are the people that they complain about here. Um, I'm actually sort of worried about this game because the Packers are going to be playing for a Super Bowl in February, but the Lions are playing a Super Bowl on Sunday because <laughs> they literally have nothing left to play for. This is the only thing left that they have to play for is to one more time try and beat the Packers. Um I think, like I mentioned on Lombardi's bar, like they have just had this albatross like lifted off of their necks. Um, you know, they they celebrated with champagne in the locker room when the season was done like two years ago because they didn't have to see Matt Patricia for a couple months. They never have to see Matt Patricia again. Like I'm surprised any of them are sober at this point. So uh like th th this is this is the biggest deal for them. This is the biggest game on the schedule uh for the Lions. So yeah, come in and just don't take them lightly because they are just going to come out and throw the entire kitchen sink. They have nothing left to play for. Uh, Dare Bevel is trying to coach for a position next year, and everybody else is either trying to keep their job that they have now or make a case for uh, free agency when it comes up here soon. So can't take them lightly. But, again, screw Kelly Stafford and all Alliance fans here. <laughs> Dan makes an interesting point because something I remember was like the Lions throwing like throwback passes, fake field goals. Like, I mean, when they had a chance to beat the Packers and kind of kick them while they were down, they took every opportunity to do that in 2017 and 2018. So he makes a good point in terms of it's kind of strange and I love it. I love that the Packers are this team, but the NFC North opponents do treat Packers games as if this is our Super Bowl. Like I hear it all. Like I don't think pack. I don't think there's a lot of Packers fans that are like, I don't care if we go two and fourteen as long as we beat the Bears twice. But I hear Bear fans say that shit all the time, and Vikings fans have said that shit too. But I don't think Packers fans are that way. I mean, they're the, they're the Ohio they're the Ohio State of the NFC North. Every every Big Ten opponent, Ohio State is the national championship for them. That yep. that's why that's why Ohio State goes and plays at Purdue at a night game. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's that's their championship for most of these teams. Their 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 biggest games are whatever crap bowl game they go to and Ohio State. And it's the same for the North and the Packers. Most of them are not going to see the playoffs or a Super Bowl. So we might as well beat the Packers. Well, you know what I call the Big Ten? It's Ohio State and friends. So we're going to start calling the NFC North Packers and friends. I kind of like that <laughs> idea. So. Zachary, any credence you're giving to the theory of this is Detroit Super Bowl and it's just another game for the Packers being a big deal? Or do you think, like I said, I mean, we'll get to my score predictions, but I'm not concerned. I think you can be concerned in the fact that every time the Packers seem to play at Ford Field, every time they seem to go to Detroit, 
there's always it's just always a weird game. It's a game that the Packers should win. It's a game that they should just absolutely throttle the living shit out of the Lions. But for some reason, they don't. The Lions do treat it as if it's their Super Bowl. The Lions, Lions and Packers, you know, it's a rivalry. And I just, I feel like I, I'm not. I don't want to say I have a weird feeling about Sunday, but I just, I do have a feeling. That, I mean, the Lions are coming off that 10 point fourth quarter comeback. They're playing for this, this, you know, for Daryl Be- uh, Bevel, who Aaron Rodgers does have that familiarity with from his rookie season. And you know, th- their morale is sky high right now, and that could either be a good thing coming into this week. They could ride that wave and use it to their advantage. Or maybe they'll come crashing back down to earth, and the Packers will will take advantage of this ma- of this matchup. But you know, unlike you, I actually do. I, I like Matthew Stafford, which Aaron and I have talked about on this show. We vocalized our <laughs> we our both marry him. Admiration, yeah, our admiration <laughs> for Matthew Stafford. I don't know why. I've always liked him ever since he was a rookie. Um, Dan, if it makes you feel better, I killed him in that segment. Thank you. And it was a very passionate speech about for the same him. reasons I mentioned earlier. Matthew Stafford sucks. Yeah, Jacob. In, in typical Jacob fashion, he spent ten minutes talking about how badly he wanted to kill Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, it, it was great. <laughs> uh, but, but Matthew, I don't know what it is about that dude, man. He's just got a punchable punch face. Man. Yeah, there's probably like he's one or two people I have ever felt that way about in my life and Stafford definitely isn't one of them. I don't know. Dan, the way I explained him was like, he's <laughs> no. that dude who like, he shows up at your house, he eats all your food and then he goes into your bathroom, blows it to pieces and walks you out and goes, Hey man, you got a plunger. We, yeah. Because it's a meme I've seen. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Dan wasn't here for that. I'll see if I can find the meme. Like there's totally something to this. He's, he's the asshole that you invite to like the house party. And he, you know, he's, he's Will Ferrell. He's like, let's go streaking. Like, let's go do it. And, you know, he ends up like face down in the pool or something. Old, and old school. Save him. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, we did a Mount Rushmore of Will Ferrell movies on the Jamal Williams show. And old school was vetoed. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but. I wanted to put it on there, but Jamal and Jimmy said no. I, I feel like there's wait, wait, what was on there then? Uh, Talladega Nights, mm-hmm. Blades of Glory, which I would have definitely taken out for old school. Yeah. I do like that movie though, but I, I do, but not more than old school. Well, I guess maybe the only argument you could make is that he's not like the main character in old school, like he's kind of like the, the like second tier character. Yeah. Like, the other Corey two were the main character. Stepbrothers and, and then, Anchorman, which those two are like, yeah. Like, like, cold like, did, you put, did you put stepbrothers on there? Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. number one. That was George Washington. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which by the way, Dan, I got to throw this out there. You use the word asshole more than anybody I know. Like, I don't think I've heard any, I don't think I had heard that word in so long until I started talking to you more. It's uncanny. Really? It's funny. I mean, I appreciate it. It's funny, but you use that word more than anybody I know. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to react. I feel like yeah, that's- please don't be self-conscious about it. It's hilarious, oh, but asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I earned that. <laughs> Anyways, enough about Matthew Stafford. He sucks. Keep going, Zach. Well, and I mean, he's that's, an asshole. That's really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's an asshole. He looks like an asshole. I'll, I'll give you that. He does look like an asshole. He looks like he, he could be a little bit of a prick. I'll give you that. Um, but, you know, and going against 
the Packers. I just Matthew Stafford gives me very uneasy vibes. He always has. I just feel like he he always just shreds them apart. Um, but I feel like Aaron Jones is going to be due for another big game against the Lions, like he was back in Week Two. Devontae Adams, he dropped out of that first meeting uh, after three catches for 36 yards. I think that's when he got the hammy. Mm-hmm. And they're all gonna, they're going to be playing indoors, so players I think generally love turf. Um, that's I mean. And Jeff Okuda also didn't practice on Wednesday. So I think they're all, I mean, it's all going to be right for the taking for Adams, Jones. That's the thing about these Lions, man. I mean, they do not match. Like the Packers, they have a trio of stars, right? I mean, they have the, back when we were kids, right? We heard the media just gush about the, the trio that was Aikman Smith and Michael Irvin, right? Well, the Packers have their own version of that now. Rogers Jones, except it's better because Trey Aikman sucks and is one of the most overrated players ever. Emmett Smith also wasn't that good and is one of the more overrated running backs ever. And then there's Michael Irvin, who is pretty good, I think. But that's beside the point. We're not here to talk about the Cowboys. Okay. It, it, and see, that's the thing. There's those weapons. The, it's it's totally two different balanced teams. The Packers are so much better on paper than the Lions. Right. Right. Well, I think part of the problem is. Uh, the thing that I've struggled with with this offense is there's been some, not just the energy, but sloppiness, you know, that is so uncharacteristic. And there's been more of it this season, I feel like, than there has been in the past. I mean, you talk about literally last game, the opening drive, all the sloppiness. And I, immediately I had a gut feeling. I was like, oh, no, like this is where we are. And I feel like that seems to happen against the Lions a lot. Just stupid oh. things happening. Like it's nothing it's for whatever reason they just bring that out of the Packers. See, for every, in my opinion, at least, for every mistake that you can find, though, for every like little hint of sloppiness, you can also find other examples of them being more in tune and being more uh, accustomed to the offense now that they're in year two with Matt Floor. Just everything seems to be working and clicking more kind of smoothly, I guess. So yeah, there's mental errors here and there. I think with, you know with every team. But yeah, I I just think I I definitely agree with that. But like, you know, Devontae doesn't fumble that often. And, you know, Rogers doesn't throw, you know, multiple picks in a game, you know, and that has happened. And it it just seemed like this year, it's just like weird things have been happening in random games. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but it just seems like very uncharacteristic. And I mean, usually those weeks are followed or those games are followed by a press conference that says that they were having a bad practice or a practice week. So I think that there's been something going on during practice this year, more than usual, where they've been unable to focus. The energy has been bad. Yeah. There might be something to that. I, I think in general um, that, you know, the offense is much more efficient than it was last year. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't last year. I mean, literally they would have stretches where they look like they do this year for, you know, a quarter. And then the bears game, the second bears game last year comes to mind perfectly. You know, they score the one touchdown at seven to three at halftime. They score on their first two possessions. of The second half, they look awesome. Or the Vikings game is even, even better example. They score on their first three possessions of the game and then nothing the rest of the game. And they look just inept. From there, like 20, 21, nothing in the first quarter, I think. Yeah. And the final was 21 to 16. And if Kirk Cousins doesn't throw a prayer ball to, I think it was Thielen or Diggs or who, it doesn't matter who it was. And if King doesn't intercept that pass, the Packers lose that game. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. they just, they don't have that. I mean, there are moments of sloppiness, but overall, I mean, as far as this offense goes, I'm incredibly confident. In it. And the Lions 
don't match and the lions don't match up well with it. Like they don't stop the run. So that is good for Aaron Jones. Who's obviously one of their stars. You add in Jamal Williams, who's a solid second piece and their cornerbacks suck. So hi, Devonte Adams is good. And like the lions put together this defense in Matt Patricia's image and Matt Patricia's one, not there anymore. And two, they weren't good at it. So again, I, maybe I'm overconfident. Frankly, I don't think that matters how I am. Cause I, Again, I really don't think that how I feel, what I say, what I do has anything to do with what goes on on the field, but apparently some people in my Twitter mentions do. So you guys are certainly welcome to think that way, but I don't think anything that they do is going to matter. Guys, you don't come here for your football analysis. And I know that, I mean, you come here to listen to us talk about the Packers and clearly, but overall you guys want the hard hitting analysis. And I need to know with, with Detroit coming this week, uh, Zach came up with the idea. We have to pick three fast food chains. And we can only eat those three for the rest of our life. So we started thinking a little bit and I was curious to see what everyone else thought. And with all of us living in, you know, different areas of the world, Zach lives, well, kind of Aaron and I live somewhat close together, but she lives in towards Chicago. So it might be a little different from what I've experienced. Dan, obviously in Detroit and he's, he actually grew up in Ohio, Toledo, right? Uh, I grew up in Dayton. Dayton. Okay. So one of those other towns in Ohio. I'm familiar with like Cleveland and Columbus and that's about it. So, uh, and then Zach obviously is a California kid. So there's going to be some cool differences here, I think, but Zach, it was your idea. So I will let, um, age go before beauty in this case. And I will let you go first. I think you're the youngest one here now that I said that, but. Am I, how old is Dan? I turned Dan's my age. Yeah. Okay, well then I, I turned twenty six in February, so I guess I am. Not to brag. Wow, right. yeah, that sounded like such a brag. <laughs> oh my God. You could have just said, "Oh, I'm younger." But you had to be like, "I'm multiple years younger." <laughs> um, I don't want to take all the credit because I did. I did take this from the tweet I sent you guys, but uh, as far as the segment goes, yeah, I will take all the credit. Uh, <laughs> if I had to pick three fast food places to eat at forever. Three immediately come to mind. I'm going Wendy's. Wendy's is top tier. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Let me let me finish my, my I damn will, segment. Go Gee. ahead. Jacob. And uh Chick-fil-A. Uh I don't agree with their views. Homophobic chicken, but still very good, very good food. And then if I had to pick a third, five guys. What would you would you consider Five Guys fast food though? I do. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay. a so here's the way I figure, think of a sit down restaurant. It's fast food if you are not sitting down, having someone take your order, bring you drinks. Like mm-hmm. so, like Chili's for example is a sit down restaurant. Fast food is anything that isn't in that mold. That you can walk in and order your food and then walk and out. leave. Yep. Yeah. Like it, yeah. And plus, plus you're a guy who who came up with that that actual the original tweet he had five guys in his answer so if you're Listen, whole, uh, i'm not gonna argue with you he considered what was that dan if your whole order takes place at the counter then it's best food there you right. go so like fuddruckers yeah which is god that's just like set me back like 20 years i just it's a it's a reference to the league which is one of my favorite tv shows ever and one of my favorite television references ever he said Hey, you guys look like this. And Ruxin goes, Yeah, hey, you guys look like you work at Fud Ruckers. 
which Ruxin is one of my five favorite TV characters of all time. So we might have to do that on another show one of these days. Yeah, we got to talk about a lead one day. Yeah. Or just TV character, like specific character. Dan, we'll have to bring you back for that because I feel like that's something you'd be yeah. fantastic at. But television characters specifically, because there I are just, a few. Just got my my fiance started watching the league this year. She had never awesome. seen playing fast fantasy football for the first time. So I was like, oh, like you should try out this show. Like it's got Nick Kroll in it and, and Paul Shear. Like they're really funny. And I was like getting through like the first couple episodes and she wasn't saying anything. And I was like, so what do you think? She's like, this show is fucking hilarious. I'm like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so now that she's watched the show, is she like Jenny and you're like Kevin? She runs your team. We both made the playoffs. We both made the playoffs this year. So it's See, a I'm like it's a cottonic affair. That's I'm like cool. Kevin in my uh, fantasy leagues. I run the league. I set everything up and I never win the fucking thing. Like I'm so pissed at the whole thing. And I'm the dude s- screaming outside on the front lawn. I'll probably she one day like, in. no, no, not that part. You guys remember, I think it's in the first season. Oh. If, uh, if David Akers makes a field goal, he's going to go to the Shiva bowl and uh, he hits the post and Kevin's like post. And he tells his daughter, there's no Santa. There's no God. There's no nothing. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, we've gone off the rails, which is, you know, par for the course. Um, Pick your three favorites. Yeah, um, I will pick um, five guys as well. Um, And then I'm going to go, I'm going to go Taco Bell. Um, Oh, my God. It's some sort of Mexican food. If if this is all I have to eat. Shitting on everybody's answer. I know. Because you're picking Wendy's and Taco Bell, which are legitimately my two last resorts. Uh, Wendy's is the only place you can get a baked potato at a fast food restaurant. That's true. And chili. Uh, Oh, you're not from here. So you guys have never heard of Beefaroo. So I understand that. Like Chef Boyardee? (laughs) No, guys, trust me. If you never, ever, ever, ever come to Rockford under any circumstances whatsoever, but if you ever do, I will bring you to Beefaroo. What the fuck is beef? It's literally a Rockford. It's a local business that is fast food, but you can get a baked potato there and it is much better than the shit they serve at Wendy's. I promise. Anyways, please continue, please. I said Taco Bell. So deal with it. Um, Mm -hmm. and Portillo's a hundred percent Portillo's. Absolutely. That's, that's Um, a good one. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they've got everything. They've got burgers. They've got fries. They've got, they've got really good yeah. salad. Like it's perfect. Like I could just pick that one and be happy. Like so, I don't Aaron, need I the got, other. I got to ask. So I brought a buddy of mine. We were in the Chicago mm-hmm. area and we brought him to Portillo's. He had never been there before. And mm-hmm. I told him, I was like, I'm going to let you order, but don't fuck it up. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, just, I have a feeling you'll know because it's Portillo's. Like, I mean, you just walk in there and like, you know what you can order. Right. So what is your Portillo's order? Like if you're telling somebody that's there for the first time, what are you ordering? I'm ordering personally, I'm doing an Italian beef dipped, but I add hot peppers on it. Um, Mm -hmm. because I, I don't care for the sweet peppers, but I like the hot peppers. Good God, so, I wish this yeah. was a video show. The three of us, we were just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm no idea what the hell that is. Yeah, Dan, Dan just started nodding. he just started nodding because we were nodding. <laughs> okay. You've, you've never had Portillo's? I don't know what it is. I've never heard okay, of it. Okay, so it's it's like an it's a was 
it's a Chicago, Chicago place. Although they have some in Wisconsin, they have some in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, California. In, they do? In they California? Have one like five minutes. Oh, that's. Yeah. yeah. So they, they've, they've kind of expanded a little bit. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a Chicago Italian beef, which is um, just Italian beef on like a French roll. And you usually get it dipped in, you know, this well, they have, they have burgers, they have hot dogs, yeah. crinkle cut fries, like fries. Yeah. And then the Chicago style hot dog. They also have Italian sausage. A lot of people do the combo. It's like <laughs> Italian beef and Italian sausage. What was that? <laughs> um, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's like they got everything. I like I said, I could just pick that one and I'd be happy. All right. Okay. So so the next time you go to Green Bay, you're. I mean, how do you take to get there? Like, you're gonna have to go. Like, Dan, I'll I'll take care of you. Trust me, because if if you're in Green Bay, chances are I am too. So I'll make sure you're taken care of. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Don't don't listen to him. He's gonna take you to some fucking boner or beef or whatever. (laughs) Boner. (laughs) Boner. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Whatever you called him, man. Listen, I'm not gonna take him three hours to Rockford. Just I just said don't come to Rockford under any circumstances. If I didn't have to, if I didn't live here, I wouldn't come here. So I get it. Nonetheless, Aaron, the reason I asked you what your order was is because my friend ordered a fucking chicken sandwich. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and he sat down and he opened his order. I've never been more disappointed than a human in my entire life. I looked that at him. I was like, I hate you. Like, I am so mad at you right now. I can't. His girlfriend was mad at him. Like, and they had been together for five <laughs> years. So like, she would get mad at him for anything by that point, I suppose. Maybe that's why she broke up with him. Like, I'm pretty that's sure that's why now that I think about it. Yeah. Like they're not together anymore. And I would never quite figured out why, but I'm pretty sure that's the reason why. So Steve, if you're listening, that's why. <laughs> anyway, so Aaron, your three were Taco Bell, Portillo's. And Five Guys. Five Guys. Okay, so now I'm interested because we're getting into the the Michigan, Ohio-ish area. And there's some yeah, good stuff in there. So I've been to Detroit and I've been to Ohio and I've tried the local-ish stuff that I haven't seen in there before. So I'm interested. Dan, what are your big three? All right. Well, first, let me just say Detroit... If I, if I could, I could just eat from the local places here in Detroit because they've got some excellent, excellent stuff mm-hmm. here. There's a great cross-section of like Polish slash like soul food, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I'm not going to make many friends with my list. Oh, God. <laughs> Burger uh, King. so i guess we'll get this out of the way first growing up in dayton which is just about 25 minutes north of cincinnati skyline chili slaps and i will i will defend to the death anyone that says otherwise uh skyline chili is one of my absolute favorite things in the world and i'll I'll eat it on the coney dogs i'll eat it on the spaghetti in a a nice three-way I used to live off of those three ways in college. I had like little frozen ones. I used to live off of that shit. You and me both, uh, buddy. Seriously, the fro- the frozen skyline three way. Oh, no, I was talking about other three. Never mind. <laughs> um, phrasing. <laughs> well played. Right. Well played. Oh, it's a running. It's a running joke. It's a running joke on every like every like you know the the billboard for skyline outside like at Valentine's Day says like. Get your Valentine a three-way for 
for like Valentine's Day or something. Always. But so Skyline Chili is going to be one of them. Um, I'm going to throw in here the one Detroit place that I will stand up for, even though they've turned into a huge conglomerate, and that's Little Caesars. Mm. I love Little Caesars, and I will always – I will if I have the opportunity to add a $5 hot and sweaty – to my portfolio, <laughs> I will hot sweaty in a three-way. Sweaty in a three-way. This is just getting worse. Um, I'm praising. <laughs> Someone's getting a workout. <laughs> my last one. I'll be really surprised if anyone picks up on this or knows this. My fiance went to grad school at NC State down in Raleigh, and I went down to visit her the first time. And she's like, I have to take you to the best place I've ever been. And it's a restaurant. You guys can't even call it a restaurant because I don't think they have any indoor seating. But it's a chain down there called Cookout. Yeah. And it is, it's the holy grail of fast food. They mm-hmm. have literally every food you could think of. Hush puppies, barbecue, quesadillas, chicken tenders, barbecue uh, hot wings, um, burgers, hot dogs corn dogs like any freaking food you could possibly imagine and it's all for like a nickel i'm surprised like th- th- there's not just like an uh a dialysis store uh, you know one of those dialysis places right next to every fucking cookout because i i just t- like there it's so cheap and it's so goddamn good and so i will i will i will add that to, so that i've got a little bit of everything in my my portfolio here of fast food I'm just hot and sweaty hearing that list. That's fantastic. Or that <laughs> list of food there. That's it's unfortunate. The only time I'd ever been near there was for a funeral, but yes, I have heard of uh cookout. It was, uh, it was incredible. It was a good little place there. So is that just like a North Carolina thing or is it further? It's like in, it's all, in, it's like, it's weird. It's like in the South. It's there. It almost follows like the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. It's like yeah. the South. And then it skips like a huge strip of the Midwest. And then there's like some up North, like in like the, like the uh, East like coast ish area. Yeah. 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 I, I've so never that's... heard. I've never heard of that first or that last one, but I will, I'll ride with you on little Caesars. I feel like it, it little Caesars gets a lot of shit and you can't beat a $5 pizza. That's actually good. And their stuffed crust is actually pretty good too. It wouldn't, be, good. it wouldn't be my first. What? And they've got, they've got, dude, they have a pizza now that's half pizza and half cheesy bread all in oh, one yeah yeah i saw that it's a, the cheeser or whatever yeah right yeah yeah so yeah. to argue that one I, I had little caesars that was the one of the places that was open when i was in college so if we were too drunk then that was one place we could go the other place was toppers Topper. yeah toppers are good. we have yeah. toppers pizza there isn't there isn't one down here and i'm mm-hmm. so pissed about that because it was so good anytime i go up there that's like my go-to if we're order, like if we're ordering pizza, that's where I want to order pizza from because I can't get it down here. So that's it for those. My three, uh, I do have some crossover, but I do have one that's not. So Five Guys, duh, it's the best place in the world for burgers. Portillo's, duh, I just talked about that. The go-to order for Portillo's is Italian beef, uh, cut in half with mozzarella cheese, two sides of uh, cheese sauce with your cheese fries. You use one for your fries and one for your Italian beef. Aaron, try it sometime if you haven't. It's delicious. What is it with you and putting cheese on random shit? Who is my son? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> on everything. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Where do you think he got that from? His father. So there you uh, have it. Uh, and then my other one is uh, Charlie's Grilled Steakhouse, uh, which is a, a Philly cheesesteak type joint. Um, it's not Philly cheesesteaks because I know, uh, I think it was Dan, was it you last week that was saying those are actually, that's shitty food? I don't remember if that was you. Oh, guys no, I love, no, I love, I love cheesesteaks. I was just trying to rip on the Eagles. Oh, that's fair. There's plenty of material there too. So um, is that fast food? It is. I can order it at the counter, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. All right. If you want me to substitute that, then I certainly can. But I mean, those would be my favorite. No, it's okay. All right. Just here, since since you were very vocal about our choices, give me your one for, for your number three. Substitute that for one place that's a drive through that you would. That's do a drive through. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. You're putting me on the spot here because that's right. Yeah. I mean, let's say this bottom of the barrel. Actually, I said earlier that my last resorts would be Wendy's and Taco Bell. That's not true. My last resort is Burger King. That right. is disgusting. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't understand the Burger King hate. I love Burger King. I don't, I don't but I also hate myself. So maybe there's a correlation <laughs> between the two. Honestly, man, it's the fries. Um, Fair. Culver's oh, that's for drive through is, yeah. is the answer. I, I can't agree because I've never been to Culver's, but from what oh. I see and from what I hear, it looks amazing. I okay. thought about Zach, I thought next about year those with Wendy's, but or I'm sorry, um, with well, well, or no, but with Taco Bell, but I wanted like a Mexican food. Also. Sure. So what? Okay. So I have some stuff on my list next year for the game on Wisconsin party when we have it after the Packers get their schedule knocked out. So I have to take Dan to Portillo's and I have to take Zach to Culver's, which one will be much easier than the other, but we'll get it figured out. Well, so. You- well, Dan can order Italian beef. You, they ship it. Like, I know they ship Skyline. I know. They yeah, like frozen. Beef. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Portillo. I like. I like I chili. Like but Chicago, I don't know. I, I drove. I drove to Green Bay this this couple weeks ago just to get Aaron Jones breakfast cereal. So I'll drive for cheap <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, Portillo okay. is worth it. Yeah, so maybe for training camp, we'll figure that out. So I've got to get you guys some food uh, choices down. So there you guys have it. That's our heavy hitter segment. Feel free to bash us for that. And certainly Zach, because Wendy's fries are fucking terrible. So what? Ooh, oh, you're, you yeah. know what? You're a sick man, right? You put cheese on popcorn. Crafts. I do. And it's delicious. You on your Italian beef with mozzarella cheese. I do. It's delicious. You know, that that sounds like it might be good. So I can't slander that. Not Try it. No. Listen, like I said, don't. If you have tried it, you can knock it. Don't knock it. Down. Okay, I'm knocking the shit out of cheese on popcorn. That was. I have tried it. I haven't tried <laughs> yeah. pineapple on pizza, but I know it probably tastes like shit. That's true. Okay, never mind. You can Ooh. knock that. Okay, there you go. Uh oh, Dan is. No, 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 no. We're not no, doing. No, nope. We're not doing the pineapple <laughs> on pizza stuff, Dude. guys. Alice <laughs> Cooper, Eminem, and Kid Rock. You've got to marry one. You've got to fuck one, and you've got to kill one. That's our segment for this week it's detroit related for musicians i promise we won't do this every single week but we came up with this mostly because i wanted to for those of you that have been to ford field i wanted to make fun of this i've been to ford field thrice and every time i've been in that stadium the lions for some reason so if you go to lambo and they want to do the get hype videos get loud make some noise those things it's jamal williams it's zadarius smith it's preston smith it's Kenny Clark, it's Mike Daniels went back in those days, you know, whoever it's, it's Packers players that do that stuff at Ford field. <laughs> it's kid rock. 
<laughs> because apparently the lions don't have any good players. So they got to put a shitty musician up there. <laughs> and I'm not even sure what genre kid rock falls under. Cause it's like, well, it's like I think country, he has a song, rock. country rock hip hop. Like, I guess it's kind of a mixture of everything. Bad. Bad. Well, <laughs> Pistons. So Pistons games, they use big Sean all the time. Oh, that's, that's much better. So yeah. maybe it's a Detroit thing. Anybody been to a Tigers game? What's that like? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, Tigers games. Okay, do they use magicians I, there? I am I am a Tigers fan, actually. Okay. Um Justin Verlander's an asshole. Go on. He oh, do you wait? Do you want to really do you want a, a good Justin Verlander story? Do we have would time love, for that? I would love one. Is it does it make him sound like an asshole? Kind of. Okay, because I hate him. Go on. Okay. So I work uh I do part-time work for the Toledo Mud Hens. Um the AAA affiliate for the beautiful Tigers. stadium. If you guys have never been. Yeah, that's true. That's minor right. league ballpark. Yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. So, uh, Jurassic park night, Justin Verlander is rehabbing in Toledo. His first time ever playing in Toledo. And, uh, first off I had to go take the game ball away from Justin Verlander after he had been handed to him by the umpires, which was a surreal experience, but, uh, six inning, he's getting near the end of his pitch count. And, so I make up an excuse to go down into the dugout to see him when he comes off the field. So he gets like the first guy out, second guy out, and then gives up like a double off the wall. And uh, um, uh, Larry Parrish walks out there to go talk to him. And Justin Verlander basically like gives him like a shake, like a head shake no, and Larry comes off. And uh, the hitting coach, um, Bolt Leon Durham, uh, is like, is like, what do he say to you? He's like, he says he's going to strike this guy out in three pitches. So this next guy comes up, strike one, strike two, and then like a real close one that the umpire called a ball and the whole fucking crowd just booed. And then the very next pitch, he gives up like another like single off the wall, scores a run, there's an air, and like he just like, it absolutely went absolute chaos. And he goes and pulls him and, and Justin comes down and everyone's like ribbing him. They're like, oh, Justin, I thought you said you were going to get him out in three pitch. And he like takes his glove. He like turns around, and, like throws down. He's like, I did, but that motherfucker can't call a strike. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Good for you, Justin. Yeah. yeah. Those pit- pitchers are crazy people, man. I don't know if you've ever like come across a ton of them. They're pitchers insane, are crazy. Dude. I they used are. to talk to them all the time down there. They're insane. Yeah. They're psychos, especially on the, they're like different people on the days that they pitch. But yes, that was the point of kid rock was that, yeah, he's like the ambassador of the Detroit Lions for some weird reason. And oddly enough, I have seen him in concert once. And it's because, before you guys judge me, it was in Green Bay. It was after the Packers won the Super Bowl. Oh, they had yeah. Right. They had three performers, if memory serves. Kid yeah. Rock was one. Kid, Kid Rock was one. Lady Antebellum was yeah. the other one. And I can't remember the the third one off the top of my head. I do remember that for opening night. For opening night, they had three musicians. Yeah. So I guess I didn't see him. He was just playing while we were walking around the stadium. It's not like I was standing there watching the music play or whatever, but um, I remember those two and I don't remember the other one. It was, Oh yeah, I do. It was Maroon five. Oh, right. For some reason I was thinking Coldplay, but I guess that's like kind of same idea. All park. Yeah. Yeah, same idea. Lead singer has Rock, really, Maroon really five, Lady Annabelle. Yeah, yeah, Maroon 5. So anyways, I'm going to go real quick. I am going to marry Alice Cooper because I've seen him in concert and he puts on a hell of a show. 
I don't know if you guys have seen him recently, but he's fantastic. He's he was great back in his heyday. He's still really good now. His voice sounds the same. Uh, I saw him in Milwaukee on the Motley Crue farewell tour. He was opening for Motley Crue. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, excuse me. Uh, he was opening for Motley Crue and put on a really good show before the crew came out. So he kind of had us all pumped up for that. He's got some really good songs, some banners, some anthems. You know, obviously school's out for the summer is somebody's every favorite. Feed My Frankenstein's a really good song. Uh, welcome to My I, Nightmare. Welcome to My Nightmare, which was his opening uh, for that show. And he had a huge ass spider that he was like carrying with him when he opened, which I was like, dude, you've got like way more balls than I'll ever have for that. Cause there's no way that I would be doing that. And I'm not even like afraid of spiders like that, but I'm not carrying a big ass spider out there either. Alice Cooper's that um, I'll fuck Eminem because he's got some good songs. I had a phase where like, I really, really liked him and there were some really good songs of his. He kind of faded. I think his new stuff sucks. Quite frankly, I don't have a better adjective for that, but um, I'm trying to think anything after like eight mile. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm forgetting a few songs after that, but anything after eight mile, I thought was really bad uh, as far as his music went. Uh, if, and if I'm forgetting something, you guys feel free to maybe correct me on that. But like, I like rap God, for example, I thought was terrible. And oh. some of the other oh, music wow. that he had come out. I've got opinions. I'll save them to long. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, and I, I've got opinions. <laughs> essentially I did that so I could kill kid rock. Um, because again, him being the ambassador of the lions is just funny to me. There's a few of his songs that I think are a little entertaining, but I mean, they're all from like a long ass time ago. And He's just weird. And now he, uh, he's like running for Senator or something, isn't he? <laughs> I think he's running for Senator in your state. Isn't he Dan? Who fucking cares? <laughs> Are you going to vote for him? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Dan's going to marry kid rock. So just remember that when we get to, actually, we'll just let him move into that. So Dan, who are you fucking and killing since you're marrying kid rock? All right. I'm, I'm following you for the most part. I'm going to flip it though. I'm going to, I'm going to marry Eminem uh, because I, I think I think you're wrong. I think I think his career I, I, he's never really had like a lull. I feel like I think maybe his only lull was he had that moment where he did like a couple songs with Rihanna, and like that was kind of like a little off brand. It's like eh, okay. You know what I remember from that stretch was he showed up to uh, there was a night game. Michigan was playing Notre Dame, and he was like yeah. he was drunk in the booth. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, it was like, was like, told me like he did that on purpose. Like he did it on purpose to like to draw attention to it. It's like no, he fucking did it. He was just super drunk. Yeah, but I, I think I I personally love his new stuff. Um, like I didn't like Godzilla when it first came out, but I, I it's really grown on me. I love that. It's I mean, there's a whole list of songs like Eminem songs that are just like on all of my workout slash run slash get fucking hype playlist uh like collapse um rap god is on cinderella man um fun fact my fiance had never heard stan before and so she listened to that for the first time yesterday because uh because of the snl bit that came out this past week which was pretty good it's hilarious oh it was great but she was like this song's fucking depressing i'm like yeah it really is but i i just he's got the consistency over time and I would I would fuck Alice Cooper because that dude is just a fucking riot. And I, like I, that, that'd be a trip and a half. That concert was one of the most entertaining things. Like his daughter came out in a, uh, an ironclad bikini 
and had a, oh, yeah. a, a, a saw and was spraying sparks into the crowd off of her groinal area. And I'm like, this is the this is the height of like everything that I've ever wanted to see out of a concert. And he like there was a time there's a point where he like pretended to kill himself with a guillotine. I'm like, this like yo gabba gabba's not doing this shit, man. Like this is Alice Cooper. Um, so that would be the wildest fuck. And then yeah, of course, just kid rock. Go go walk off the go walk off the Mackinac Bridge and do us all a favor because I don't think any of his songs are any good. I think he's a gigantic douche and he gives Michigan a bad name, but because Michigan, um, as we've seen in many recent weeks, really loves to pander to the middle-class white trash that lives here um, and really not pay attention to the vast majority of talented African-American artists that come out of this area. Kid Rock is somehow a God. So I will say this. Kid Rock was in the movie Joe Dirt, and I feel like that earns him at least a couple of points because that movie is an American classic. Nobody I wants to <laughs> I remember when that came out, everybody was um, saying the Wambulance line for like it because I was pretty young when that came out. And so, oh, like, in middle, and well, yeah, 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 that was going around like crazy. Dan, yeah. you're not responding. Have you not seen Joe Dirt, or do I've you seen- not? No, I've seen Joe Dirt. I wouldn't consider it a, an American movie classic by any means. <laughs> well, I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of good bad movies out there, but I wouldn't call Joe Dirt one of them. Uh, well, I mean, you are certainly entitled to your wrong opinion in this case, and you certainly have that. So uh, let's see, uh, Aaron, who are you going to town on? God. Come on. <laughs> Well, she has done this to herself. We're going to bring this up every week. Okay. Your fault. You did it to Um, yourself. You didn't have to say it the way you did, and you did. I didn't know how else to say it. I was trying to not. Any other way? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I am going to uh, marry Alice Cooper. Uh, I'm not super familiar with his music. Like, I know, like, the, you know, the popular ones, but um, he seems like a lot of fun. And, that is like number one in the marriage column is have to be fun. Um, and he was in Wayne's world, which is like one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah. So that, that definitely pushes him into the Mary spot. Um, and partially because I, I don't know if I'd want to marry Eminem. He seems like he's got some major baggage. It's like really terrifying. His last wife put him in jail. So, you know, my future sister in law is friends with Haley. Oh, cool. Oh, really? They That's were sorority cool. sisters. Oh. Apparently she's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I just don't need that kind of stuff around me. So, I mean, but I do love his music. Um, it's, yeah, I feel like I feel like I grew up with him music wise. Like that's around the around the time he came out, I mm-hmm. started to really get into music, and I feel like that's one of those ones that it's very nostalgic. So I would definitely fuck him. But um, then yeah, Killing Kid Rock. Not that we need any other reason, but I feel like he's the stereotype of America, and it's so embarrassing. Like when, when I feel like if I were to go over to some other country and say, what do you think of Americans? They probably like point at Kid Rock. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what they think of us. I hate it. It reminds me of that uh, episode of South Park. Uh, Do you remember? Or Yeah, it was the episode of South Park. Remember when they did the Simpsons did an episode when they were making fun of Family Guy? 
Oh, or, yeah. or no, I'm sorry. They made fun of Family Guy and they showed Muhammad. Oh and yeah. And the, yeah. the Muslims made the Muslim they were trying to get the episode pulled. The, yeah, they were trying to get the episode pulled, and then they were like, "Oh, here's Jesus. I'm having sex before we're married. Let's crap." And then I'll be like, I'm gonna be up till two in the morning watching South Park now because I. Need oh my episodes. god, this show is a disaster. Um, you know, it's funny you bring that up though, Aaron, about growing up with his music. So, do you guys remember? Everybody remembers the first CD that their parents like found out you were listening to and broke, right? Or like, were like you're not supposed to be listening to that and made it so you couldn't listen to that anymore. No, or were your parents not? Your parents didn't do that. My parents. I lived a pretty sheltered life. Right. No, my, my well, parents, that's, that's okay. the point I'm getting at. You have what to sneak the stuff you didn't first, want to. The first album no. I bought was Baja Men. <laughs> oh, so who let the dogs out? Mm-hmm. Oh, so um, your favorite player is Mercedes Lewis, or it should be Big Dog. <laughs> uh, so my, I mean, my mom's favorite song, one of her favorite songs, is "Closer" by Next. And I don't know if you guys know that song. It's like a oh, song. It's about yes. a guy popping a boner on a dance floor. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar <laughs> with it now that you said that. Yeah. yeah. Like my mom like would sing that when I was like a kid because it came out in the nineties. And so, yeah, sure. I don't think any. Okay. My mom, so yeah. The reason yeah. I brought that up. So like the movie Sorry. I was talking about before the show was Detroit rock city. And it was a, it's about a teenager who wants kiss tickets and you know, that's the devil's music. So she breaks all of his albums. She breaks his drumsticks, all that shit. The first CD I had broken was I borrowed a copy of my buddy's, the Eminem show, which is, uh, what, what song was on that album? Uh, without me, this looks like a job for me. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. And my parents found out that I had that in there. And one of their friends told them like what was in those songs and what kind of guy he was. And like, I grew up listening to nineties country. So they were talking about having sex and drinking and all that stuff, but it was country. So it was a little different. <laughs> it was a little more wholesome. They weren't, coming, they weren't talking about coming on Pamela Anderson's tits. Right. So basically, yeah. <laughs> so they were saying love instead of fuck. Like if you replace, if you replace the word fuck with love from a rap song, you turn it into a country song just like that. So <laughs> that's how that works. But yeah, that's kind of your rite of passage, right? Zach, we're way, 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 way too far over on time. So please give us your people. Uh, well, as someone who has grown up on pretty much heavy metal, rock, alternative stuff and all that, I still have to lean on Eminem to marry just because look, he, he has so much good stuff and see, I, I, I'm, I'm with Dan here. I feel like the recovery album, there was, there was some good stuff on the recovery album. I actually liked Kamikaze. I thought there was some good stuff on there too. A couple weird kind of stuff that kind of blends in with the times, how rap music is changing nowadays. But, uh, he, yeah, no, I agree. There wasn't really much of a lull in his career, even though Eminem will kind of like reference that in some of his songs. He'd be like, you know, I, you know, talk about how he fell off a little bit, but I still, I'll go with him for Mary and Alice Cooper. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck him. I mean, he's 72, but whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. Shaking your head at me. It still uh, works, right? It'll so, be a sugar. It could be a sugar daddy situation. Right. He's probably got a lot of money. It, it, probably no. There's no way. Because he's, 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 he's a great golfer, and he's got a film career too. He's been in a ton of movies, and like and he he's said, still Wayne's touring. Wayne's World. Is he still touring? Uh, he oh, was. Yeah. I mean, he was doing shit with uh, Hailstorm last year. Mm-hmm. 
Shout out Lizzie Hale, my ex-wife. <laughs> I said that solely for my current wife. Right. Uncomfortable is on, is on my gym playlist, by the way, by Hailstorm. I love that song. Did it because I want to, and I did it because I got to, and I did it just because I can. Right. Thank you. Uh, and for Alice Cooper, Poison's like, it's been one of my favorite songs since I was a kid, just for, for some reason. It's such a good song. Um, but yeah, that's that's my F choice, my fornicating choice. And I'm killing Kid Rock just because I obviously don't like him at all, just like the rest of you. I mean, he was pretty much doomed from the start the second he became an option. In the, in the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we pretty much, I mean, he never really had a chance for any of us, so it's kind of unfair. We just, but... we just picked it so we all could say. Make fun of him. I should yeah, have thought better of this. Right. I should have thought better of this and put in Bob Seger just to give it like a legitimate, because honestly, then we're just picking between two of the three options. So That would have made it difficult. Better. Yeah, that would have made it yeah. right. Difficult. Yeah. Oh, well, or we could have, I mean, we could have cheated and done the kiss thing like we were going to, but oh, well, we got there and we got to pop some jokes off about um, Kid Rock. So we got there. That's our segment for that, guys. We're way, way over on what we're supposed to be for time, which I should have known better. But hey, that's fine. That's why this show's as fun as it is. Sunday, Packers, Lions, 3.30. Mark Schlereth is the color guy. And can we just please talk about how terrible that is? Mark Schlereth sucks. First of all, I know that it happened. It's like one of those things that we widely accept happens. But who willingly admits that they peed their pants all the time on the side? Like, trust me, I've been through sideline areas of NFL games and stuff like that and tunnels. And there are plenty of places to do that. There's plenty of places to take a piss. And like, Aaron, you can attest to this. We're guys. It's easier. I know. It just is. So, yeah, just, yeah, just whip it out. I mean, his nick his nickname is Stink. What did you expect from the guy? Well, that's the is reason there- he has that <laughs> right. nickname. is because he would pee himself and smell like piss from the beginning of the game forward, which is disgusting. And he sucks. Like, his comment- commentating of games is terrible. Like people complain every week when whenever the Packers get Buck and Aikman, you guys complain about Buck and Aikman. Schlereth is fucking terrible. The legitimate, maybe the worst one. That's the, that's, the literal that's, epitome of white privilege in broadcasting. That just if he is if he is anybody else, he does not fail upwards as he does his whole broadcasting career. He's just not garbage. Sure, but that's the job. Greg, right? Greg Jennings is trying to break that mold. So Greg Jennings yeah. is much better. Like oh, I, I think I think Greg Jennings is hot garbage. Oh, that's not no, a compliment on Mark Slareth. That's not a compliment to Slareth. That's or that's not a compliment to Jennings. That's a downgrade to Slareth. He's terrible. See, well, everyone shits on Greg Jennings, but he's like this season. He's actually been. Oh, good wait a minute. We article. got the president of the Greg Jennings fan club down here. Go ahead. Tell me about oh, the fourth okay, best receiver that's oh, ever Mr. played Mr. with Aaron Rodgers. I gave birth to Rashawn Gary. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Please fight, 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 fight. Spare me, Jacob. Tell okay. me about at the least, at, least, at least I'm standing. At least I'm standing a player who's actually good. Okay. So is Rashawn. <laughs> Don't get sassy with me. I'm just tell me who's got the team. second best, second most pressures on the team this year. Your who's mama. <laughs> yeah, what Aaron said. Guys, guys, can can we just admit that the worst one out of all of them is Jonathan Vilma? Oh, Have God, you heard yeah. Jonathan Vilma do it? I mean, he looks like he makes Mark Schlereth look like uh howard cosell dan is right because i remember during the texans game he's literally okay texans let's go like i don't right. that was actually, oh, yeah he was really really like biased right. wasn't he? like right. whatever it was just it was just whoever his whoever his play-by-play person was had to do the color analysis because jonathan would not do 
his job. It was literally right. just like I remember that. Wow, I do remember look, that. This is great. It's the Tony Romo sizzle without the steak. He's uh he's still pissed about the Packers kicking the Saints' ass from 2011 mm-hmm. to 2013 when they would beat them every given year. But anyway, Zach, you were talking about the fourth best receiver that's ever played with Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead. <laughs> Even you don't believe that, Jacob. Please, oh, yeah. no, I don't. He's third. No, you don't believe. That. Yes, I do. He's third. Devontae, Jordy, Greg Jennings. I mean, that's that's reasonable. I would disagree, but it's reasonable. Uh, I don't even know what I was saying. I'm, well, I mean, no. See, I wasn't even like I wasn't we were even like making fun saying, of Mark Slareth, and we were talking about Greg Jennings after that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. See, I wasn't even saying it because you know, like I'm, I support Greg Jennings and stuff. Obviously, like last year when he when he started calling Packer games and stuff, like he sucked. And he was like, he offered like little to nothing, but he improved a lot this year, in my opinion, at least. Like I couldn't even tell that it was Greg Jennings. I started like like during the game listening. Yeah, see, Aaron agrees with me. So He's gotten. Up. I will say this because the first game I remember him doing was the Bucks game in twenty, the Brett Hundley year, when Aaron Jones had the walk off touchdown run, and he was horrible, like legitimately horrible. But that being yeah. said, I mean, I'm going to do the Pat McAfee bit here. I understand that that job is hard. If I did it, I would probably trip all over myself. Like I do this and I fucking suck at it. So I get it. But from a play-by-play standpoint, I understand how hard that job is. But then it, that's why I appreciate guys like Nance and Buck and Al Michaels. And, and I hate Chris Collinsworth, but he's actually good at the job. I just want to rip his Adam's apple out and throw it in his face. Now here's, here's the guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> we all- I didn't anticipate all three of you doing that at the same time. But... <laughs> That was, that was incredible. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and I think part of the reason Packers fans hate him is because of the the shit he said. You know, of course, of Rogers, course. Which, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever you talk about Greg Jennings' talent and like his commentary, you have to leave that bias out because I feel like that's why everyone thinks like he's terrible. And I'm like, can we not? Like, can we? Can we just try to be unbiased? <laughs> Jacob? Oh. It's fine. Sorry. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with Greg. Like my thought on it is, is it's unfortunate that there are some things that Jennings has said that like, for example, there was something in the Tyler Dunn bleacher report piece talking about like trusting his offense and trusting like the guys in the offense and how like that's come to fruition this season. Obviously Aaron's trusting the offense and it's working out better. He was right about stuff like that. It's unfortunate because Greg Jennings was the best receiver on a Super Bowl team. He was a Super Bowl hero. He scored two touchdowns in that Super Bowl. He should be a deity in Green Bay. And unfortunately, he's public enemy number one, and he won't shut the fuck up. So every time he comes back, oh, he gets great. booed. I'm just saying, and, and I, I, it's okay. You can think he's a dick and not like him. It's more of when you're talking about his skills at something, you need oh, to put sure. that bias aside. Which yeah. I think he's a dick. So many, so many fans don't. Obviously, <laughs> I like I like Dan's take. So, anyways, guys, we have it 325. We've made fun of Mark Slareth. We somehow got into Greg Jennings off of that. I'm not 100 sure how. Um, because of you, Packers, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Was you. it me? Oh, okay, <laughs> yes. that's fair. Okay, Packers and Lions 325. I've said I don't think this game's going to be close. I think the Packers are better. It's a great matchup for Green Bay. You know, there are times when they play against other teams that are worse than them, but the other team has a matchup here they could win. Like when they played Philly on Sunday, I was like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham could ruin this game. That didn't happen, obviously. Green Bay won by double digits. There isn't a matchup like that for the Lions that exists, and the Lions are the one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I think Green Bay is going to score a bunch of points. I think they pick off Matt Stafford a couple times, who Matt Stafford sucks, and I'll let Dan cover that again in a little bit if he so chooses. 
I think Green Bay wins 38-17. I don't think this game's ever particularly close. Last time, Green Bay basically spotted Detroit a 14-3 lead, and they won 42-21. I don't know if you guys realize to go on a 39-7 run in an NFL game is ridiculous, and they found a way to do it. And I think that this Packers team is better now than they were, what, 8, 10, 12 weeks ago, however long ago that was. So I think Green Bay wins. I think they wins bigs. Porn stash, what do you got? Oh, is my name now? It is now. That's his only fan's name. Right. I got 27-20 Packers win. Yeah. What are you shaking your head at, Jacob? Like Nobody else can see that. So judgy. God. I know. I know nobody else can see it, but you know what? That's why they expose you. I call you out so everybody knows how judgmental you are. Anyways, I got the Packers winning 27-20. Um, I don't think it's as close as the score is going to indicate. Just, I mean, I don't really have any more. I, I offered you the analysis at the beginning of the show, so that's really all I got. Um, well, I want to know your opinions on Tavon Austin, Zach. Oh my God, we went the whole show without talking about Tavon Austin. 20 minutes. I know, let's go. Let's, let's go, guys. We're going to rewind. I'm the only one who's given my prediction, so I won't at the end. But yes, future Super Bowl MVP, the author of that article is here. Yes. Future Super Bowl MVP Tavon Austin is very likely to make his debut this weekend because Swervin Irvin has passed on. No, he hasn't passed on, but he's put on injured reserve. <laughs> and what is wrong with you? Uh, well, that list is long and distinguished, my friend. <laughs> Tavon Austin likely to make his debut. Zach, you talked about it a little bit today on whatever the name of that show is that you run with Eli Berkowitz. What's it called again? <laughs> Jacob, why do you why do you disrespect me so much? Zach, you made fun of me very openly on that show three separate times today. I've also told you so many times on that show in front of everybody, in front of our hundreds of viewers, in front of the thousands that I love Watching you worldwide. Thank you, Dan. It's <laughs> true. He has the references. I was going to let you promote it. You could call the show whatever you want. Once I say what's it called? Open book. My open book show with Eli Berkowitz every Wednesday at five central. Uh, yeah, we did. We talked about Tavon Austin, how critical he's going to be, uh, and his experience with that, with the Sean McVay offense and his very brief experience with, uh, the Kyle Shanahan offense this past summer in San Francisco and how he learned a hundred plays in four days before that knee, uh, I believe it was a knee injury. Um, so I think that's going to expedite the process a little bit. He'll probably be ready sooner rather than later, hopefully this Sunday in Detroit. Um, you know, he's just he, he's in a very good position, a team with really the lack of return specialist right now with that Tyler Irvin. They don't have that that they don't have Irvin now who who has been practicing in that pre-snap motion role ever since training camp. It's it's you know, I don't want to call him a godsend because that's that's pretty much what Irvin felt like last December when he came in in that uh that that Redskins game and oh, Washington football team. So oh, that was their name last year. So, I mean, it's 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 a slip, but it's like not at the same time. Right. Right. But I don't want to sound like a bigot or anything. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Fair. But, sounding you know, not sounding like a bigot is probably a positive on a on a given show, right? Right. Yeah. That's a good thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Off the rails and, again. Go on, Zach. Sorry. Yeah, no, that, that's about it. We're at an hour and twenty two minutes. Let's can we just <laughs> can we get to the score predictions? Uh or for the well, you further just, further on in the score predictions. You just did yours twenty seven twenty. Dan, why is Tavon right. Austin gonna win the Super Bowl MVP? 
Here's the kickoff by Vinatieri. Boy, it's a nice kickoff. Desmond Howard has to back up for it. He's at his goal line. He's up the middle to the 5, 10, 15, 20. Midfield, he's got a hole. He may be gone. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown for Desmond Howard. Tavon Austin. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly why. He, he'll, he's going to have one play this year, and it's going to be in the Super Bowl. Game-changing kickoff return for a touchdown. You know what's weird is Adam Vinatieri – kicking off in that game is not like too wild of a thought. Like if the chiefs have an yeah. injured kicker, they could call him and be like, sup. It doesn't. So, it, yeah. That the, the Vinatieri thing doesn't uh, date that clip like it should. No, no. It's crazy that it does that, but yeah, Desmond Howard it's that's like the first, one of my first memories. I remember like freaking out as a five-year-old watching that happen. That was incredible. So there you go. Tavon Austin, Dan Kotnick has promised to kick off and a punt return in the Super Bowl if I, if memory serves. So mm -hmm. what are you promising this weekend as far as the Packers and the Lions? Uh, absolute scorched earth. The, the, the Lions are coming to play football. Aaron Rodgers is coming to play his favorite game, which is called Who is Your Daddy and What Does He Do? Because he is the Detroit Lions daddy. And he kicks ass. It is going to be 45-17 Packers win easily. The law firm of Rodgers, Jones, and Adams just completely demolishes this. I, I, maybe nobody else even touches the ball. Maybe it's just those three, and they just demolish this Lions team. But I think there's nothing left of Ford Field except one little stand of Hungry Howies sitting in the concourse afterwards. I don't know what Hungry Howies is, but that sounds delicious. Aaron, like, what happened? Knock off, knock off Little Caesars. Oh, yeah, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be 34-24 Packers. Um, yeah, there's not really anything else to say because we're at an hour 25. <laughs> all right, 90 minutes in hell. Thank you for those that sat around and listened to all of us kind of blabber. In the words of uh, my uh, very influential uh, movie character, uh, Ted the Teddy Bear, a bunch of idiots just talking nonsense. Uh, for those that have seen the first movie, thank you for sitting around listening to us. This is the illusion of complexity. You can follow Game On Wisconsin on Twitter at Game On WI. Our pin tweet is the Jamal Williams J Swag Daddy Swag Bag Giveaway. And today we just hit over $7,000 donated for the giveaway, which is incredible. We are taking donations through Tuesday. And we want to hit as high as we can. So feel free to donate. We do have some new limited edition shirts that you can purchase as well for $33. They run size small through two extra large. If you can't, you know, do that for yourself, or if you don't want a shirt, find a Packer fan in your family or something like that. The cause all goes every single cent of this proceed goes to underprivileged children in green Bay. So if you have the ability to have a Merry Christmas, this gives you an opportunity to also make sure that someone else can have a Merry Christmas in the green Bay area. So thank you all that have donated so far. We appreciate everybody that's been able to do that. And especially, I know all three of you here have donated as well. So thank you guys for taking some time to do that as well out of your own pockets. Um, it's appreciated, especially in the, the world that we live in currently. So uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. I'm not sure why. Well, I can think of at least one reason why you'd want to do that. I post a picture of my daughter just about daily. So, I mean, that's at least one good reason, but otherwise, you know, not as many good reasons as others. Uh, let's move to our honored guest, Dan Kotnick, uh, Lombardi's bar, obviously on Wednesdays. And then what else can we find from you? Um, I have uh, the, NFL's the super scientific accredited NFL picks on game on Wisconsin every Sunday. Um, obviously Florio Fridays on game on Wisconsin social media. 
Paul is um, I think so. I think they're awesome. Um, and uh, Pack a Day podcast every other Tuesday. So coming up this Tuesday, you'll have another one, and you can follow me on Twitter at DK all the way if you, you know, feel like uh, hating your social media experience a little bit more. <laughs> I only really hate following you around like the sad Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday around Thanksgiving. But anytime after that's, you know, pretty decent for the most part. I like him because he posts a lot of Futurama gifts and stuff. And that's one of my favorite shows. Oh, any other time it's hilarious. It's just yeah. when M's start turning into red X's and mm-hmm. it's, it's bullshit. Because, oh, like, I can't say anything. I feel it's like when a, this like Dan is my reminder of like, this is what a bears fan feels like towards a Packer. Cause I can't say shit. Cause it's like, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Hey, we beat you that one time in 1993. Like, <laughs> cool. Fucking a, like, that's awesome. Otherwise I got nothing. Um, so anyways, yeah. Luke Fickle, so good. Good on you. We, they did beat Luke Fickle that one time, and it was with mm-hmm. Brady Hoke, which is also like, which Luke Fickle is going to be a head coach again here pretty quickly, it sounds like. So, yeah. I mean, there's also that. He's in um, Cincinnati. Yeah. And he's, yeah, I don't know where he's going to get a job, but he's going to find one. So. Yeah. Good for him. Um, there's also some stuff you guys are cooking up for the offseason, but obviously the Packers offseason is not going to be for another two months. Uh, where we might have Dan dressed up like Mr. Krabs. So mm-hmm. there's my tease for everything. Uh, speak, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. Aaron, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> good. I get to follow that. Um, yeah, it would have been a good transition, but I feel like it might have bordered on disrespectful. So it's okay. Well, thanks for sparing me. Anyways, um, you can follow me on Twitter at H E R O O I N E, heroin. Uh, and I have an article every Thursday at Game On Wisconsin, uh, Thirsty Thursday. Uh, so it'll be dropping, I guess, when you're hearing this, it'll be today. Uh, and it's a Detroit-inspired cocktail. So, yeah. And then follow, I run all the Game On Wisconsin social media pages. So follow us, Game On WI. And the fantastic Photoshop skills, including jersey swaps. She has given Mitchell Pansky a run for his money. It was real true art. Really? It is. It really is every week. And honestly, the, my personal favorite was the, the meme you had this week of, uh, Devonte Adams giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers, And it said like my forever love and appreciation or something like that. Or yeah, it was, exactly what it it said. Said, yeah, Devonte Adams and on him, it said me. And then on, on the ball, it said my undying love and appreciation. And then he, as, as he's giving it to Rogers, that was, yeah, that was pretty good. So I appreciate that. And then now the only member of this podcast to have his only fans page up and running, which have you made any money off that this week, Zach? Zero dollars and zero cents. Parf- yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to hit this week. Give it I some think. time. I've got some senior citizens in my place of work, so I'll see what they think. See if they want oh, to give yeah, some of those cool. social security dollars. The old old ladies love me. Yeah, it's not just you. It's it's everyone. They're like, if you want a confidence boost, man, work in a nursing home. It's great for the old self esteem. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> really weird ass turn. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. I mean, the amount of times that I've had like an old lady like boost my confidence or like my self esteem or something by like calling me, calling me, oh, you're so handsome or something is it's just been like <laughs> through the room. And it's been it's been so nice. It makes my day every day of my life for the last five years. And I have specific people. If I'm having a bad day, I go visit them. <laughs> like on purpose. Yes. <laughs> like when you're feeling bad about yourself or something. Correct. Yep. <laughs> God, get a grip. Nonetheless, um, where can we find your OnlyFans page and everywhere else? Well, my OnlyFans page is uh, Twitter for now. 
So it's uh, at it's Zachariah J. And you can find me every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Central with Eli Berkovitz on Open Book. And I'm also uh, at Packer Report writing. That he is. And you can actually find me over there and basically Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI, like Aaron mentioned. We're out of time. And we hope you come back next week. Thanks to Dan for joining us. Again, appreciate you stopping by sober and keeping those boys in line over at the Lombardi's Bar. Everybody. We'll see you guys next week when the Packers take on the Carolina Panthers the week of the swag bag giveaway and potentially as NFC North champions. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.